From Japan, this is Midnight Waves, episode 4, for Monday, September 23rd, 2019. My name is Chris. And my name is John. Today we have reviews of the new Sandy Alex G album, House of Sugar. Mudhoney's new EP, Morning in America. We'll talk about some of the week's other notable releases. And we will also be continuing our Best Albums project as we count down our 10 favorite albums of 1960 to 1964. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. And uh, Thank you for coming back. Yeah. And uh, what's up there? Over here? Yep. <laughs> what's up over on, there? On this side of the table. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much the same as, as it's always been. Actually, um, I just heard uh, Bruce Springsteen oh. celebrates his birthday today. Really? On this very day. How old of is Midnight the Waves. boss? The really? boss is 70. 70. Can you believe it? Looks like sixty tops. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. looking pretty solid. It's pretty good for someone in his seventies. Was Bruce ever like a big drinker or drug addict at any point? I don't think so. But no. I, I, get it. I don't know. Doesn't he look like, look like the kind of guy who drinks a bit of whiskey? I mean, you think he would be a right. hard drinker at a hu- oh, a hu- some yeah. points. Yeah, I mean, he always talks about like bars and stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know. Especially on that new album. I actually like that companion film to. His new album, Western Stars, comes out uh, uh, next month. Actually. That's right, yeah, o- yeah. October 25th. That's right. So that should be interesting. Definitely, yeah. I mean, keep Definitely. Up. Now, how about yourself? Any uh, <laughs> Anything noteworthy? Uh, musically, don't. No, okay. <laughs> so. There's been a lot of stuff coming out the last few days, right? Like over the weekend, I think. Uh, apparently, yeah. Apparently, there's... Do you think a few big know, releases, but we couldn't really have a chance to listen to them? Haven't really had time for those. Yeah. Stay yeah. tuned for next week. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> but um, what we did have a time yeah. for... Yeah. ...is the new Sandy Alex G album. Right. House right. of Sugar. Have you... Had you heard of him before this? I know oh, he worked with Frank Ocean. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I had no idea who he was, to be honest. Oh, I right. was... Pretty surprised to see how many albums he'd released previously. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he flew well under my radar. Yeah, yeah, likewise. But um, he <clears throat> he played guitar on one of my favorite songs from Blonde. Would that happen to be White Ferrari? No. Self Control. Self Control. Okay. Although I do love White Ferrari too. Yeah. And he he did some stuff on the Endless album. Ah, yeah, that's right. I think he played on s- four tracks on that. Yeah. Six in total. Six of Frank's songs in total so yeah so that immediately opens him up for hero status <laughs> for me oh, right. down the line sure and uh, especially the guitar and self-control is is quite lovely so yeah nice one but let's focus on his album <laughs> do we house have of sugar no, yeah sure yeah sure yeah <laughs> probably do that and uh let's uh let's hear something from that okie doke I 
that was Gretel by Sandy Alex G. Yeah, what was he called? Sandy again? I, I guess originally like he was just name? Alex G. And Alex then G, at yeah. some point he put Sandy in parentheses. Right. I don't even know if that's how I'm supposed to pronounce it, but that's... Uh, it's certainly easy just to say Alex G, isn't it? I guess so. I'm not going to be saying Sandy. It's, it's, a, the, it's a guy. It's the bane of the internet era. Yeah, you can add any People, symbol you want. Band right? names are just like three exclamation marks <laughs> or something. Yeah. But. How would you pronounce that? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, isn't it? Anyway, this guy's real name is... Um, so I shouldn't say guy. This musician's real name is Alex Giannascoli. 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 He's a singer, songwriter, musician from Philadelphia. And uh, he, got, he started making music at a very young age. Apparently, he was recording electronic music with Garage Band on an Apple computer his parents gave to him when he was in sixth grade. Oh, like like Grimes, I guess. Grimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. still in Garage Band. She, right. she may still use Garage Band. I think she does. It certainly yeah. sounds like it. He's released a lot of material in a short time via Bandcamp. Yeah. The, um, and a couple of independent record labels. And as you said before, Chris, like he, meant he played guitar on a lot of Frank Ocean songs. Yeah, I mean, I, I read an interview with him where he was basically said like he had no idea why frank right, ocean right. wanted to oh, yeah, work yeah. with him but every few months he would just get contacted by somebody saying frank wants you to come in and That's do so something amazing. didn't I really mean, get to meet frank that much i mean maybe certainly to ask that would be like saying michael jackson wants you on well, his record He's like, for me that that's level, like frank ocean right? asking me to come yeah, in well, I, know, I, know. I mean i like, love frank that, so that much level, like right? it, it's yeah. it's He's an amazing, amazing to me so yeah. But listening to, like, I, I can kind of understand it. Like, if we think about the first track here, Walk Away. Yeah. Which, to be honest, I'll be honest, yeah. did not strike me as a particularly great song like initially. I was just kind of like, oh, it's just going to be one of those albums with just like a lot of, like, babbling and distortion and stuff. But no, it wasn't. But when I <laughs> thought about the Frank connection, it re- kind of reminded me in a way of Pretty Sweet from Blonde, which is uh-huh. like a big noisy track, yeah. all kinds of like distortion and weird Defects overdubs and, yeah, and like yeah, a yeah. choir sing, like children's choir singing okay. on it. And I, I, it really made sense to me. Oh yeah, probably this is why Frank was into this, yeah. I think. But I mean, anyway, enough about Frank. <laughs> Let's focus no, on Alex so G. Good. Like I, yeah, I, I love the, um, I don't know. I, I guess the guitar is like the acoustic strumming that there's this sort of noise and distortion, all these things, electronic sounds going on. You know, you know I'm a big fan of the electronic kind of music, but um, yeah, kind of uplifting and melancholic at the same time. A lot of songs are up and down. There's like, like a weird kind of nostalgia yeah, to a lot of yeah, these yeah. songs, I think. I mean, it, it very much... I, I think it, for a start, I think it's incredible that he's doing all this by himself in his bed. It's another bedroom. <laughs> Bedroom, oh, bedroom pop, right? Or artist, bedroom, I guess. Bedroom indie or whatever they call it. I, I read a, one thing with him where he said that at some point he realizes he probably should work in a professional ah, studio. I, I read that, yeah. But he doesn't want to. Yeah. And he doesn't want anyone else to be in he control. He wants to be in control, it. right? Yeah. And yeah. I, if you can make music that sounds like this by yourself, well, you might as well keep doing it. Yeah. Because it would just completely change. You'd lose his sense of indivi- individualism, right? Creativity, maybe. If we got like producers and all these people in telling him what to do. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I like that really. I, I said on our Bad for Lashes, I think, uh, and and also the uh, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. JSOM review we did. Yeah. Like for me, it's like I I need to work in the studio. 
because I am not very good <laughs> at doing this at home. I constantly mess up. It's very difficult to do things like two different jobs at the same time. Yeah, I find, and I, I, I need somebody that. to do it. I, I I'm so impressed by anyone who can produce this by themselves in a bedroom, like just with a computer and some microphones or whatever, cables and stuff, like, like a, yeah. a preamp. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, yeah, it's it's. I, I'll I'll just say it. This I love this album so much. I don't think there is a bad point on this album. Yeah, I don't really have any low points, so to speak. I I, I don't think I, I, I don't like that first part of that first track. But I I, I would say fine. if That's I had to choose, I mean, spoiler. <laughs> if I had to choose the the worst track, I'd probably go the first track, but yeah. only because it just take some time to understand yeah, it and to sort of get going right i think it's a grower like the more yeah. i hear it the more i understand it i think there's so much to listen to on yeah. the music in the music like so many la layers of so sound. much going on i love that and i think fundamentally he's obviously very influenced by elliot smith ah, and and yeah. also built to spill he sounds a lot like built to spill which is a band i love and built, built to spill built to spill okay. yeah. i've only heard the name but. which is like i one of my uh, favorite bands i guess over the years and uh, he a lot of his stuff kind of remind especially like the the more acoustic stuff like the more traditionally song oriented kind of tracks are definitely very built to spill to me like the first two like real songs i guess you would if you were looking at it like that like um hope and uh, yes. Southern Sky mm, very right. much remind me of Built to Spill. Yeah, those are lovely. Whereas, <clears throat> uh, like, In My Arms and Cow are very much Elliot Smith okay. to me. Is Elliot Smith the one who died young? Elliot Smith Is had this strange... No, no, no. Elliot Smith apparently... Elliot <laughs> Smith has a very bizarre death. Oh, yeah? So Elliot Smith was famously depressed. Oh, okay. But Elliot Smith apparently killed himself by stabbing himself in the heart and his girlfriend found him. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's quite a task to stab yeah. yourself. Yeah, it would require a lot heart. of force, wouldn't it? Sure would. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. We'll leave that one out there. <laughs> yeah. I like Elliot. I mean, I have I have like two or three of his albums it it's definitely a mood thing it's it's mm. very pretty music some of his songs are beautiful he is obviously driven by misery so it's it's not like he has any fun songs it's, but it's funny how a lot of great music comes out of well, depression much, and yeah. sadness and breakups and yeah this and that. um but yeah like i i yeah me too i love the second track hope it's lovely acoustic melody. Yeah. And um, Hope definitely has that shades that's of right. built to spill. But yeah, it, it's and got like a really interesting... Th I think it must be in an alternate mm. tuning. Like this. It's like, it sounds very simple, but it's also like a little bit different. Yeah. And... Uh, the song's about his roommate's overdose, apparently. If you listen yeah. to the lyrics. I actually didn't quite, pay much attention quite to depressing. the lyrics. But, uh, but also interesting. Yeah. Uh, if you want to read the lyrics or... Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, Southern Sky to me was kind of in that same vein. I think yeah. Gretel is a, that we heard was amazing. Those songs have this kind of fairy tale kind of uh, sound to them and lyrics, don't they? I think the whole album House of Sugar is based on Hansel and Gretel. It right? has to be, right? So, yeah, so 
Yeah. Like I do love a lot of the melodies. <clears throat> I think track five, Taking, is awesome. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, Near, I think, musically is is pretty great. Not a massive fan of the vocals on that song, but I love the music. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, there's a looping refrain. All yeah. I want. All I, huh? all, all I want is to be near you, or something. Yeah. Says it over and over. So that if, it's actually nice. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I love the bass on Project Two tracks, and mm-hmm. I actually really like the way he made chords yeah. from vocal samples. Oh, and that's not, interesting. So, so there's there's like a bunch of vocal samples that he's playing as chords on a keyboard, okay. I guess, or a sampler. Um, and like Batman track eight again remind me of Built to Spill, but I think one of the great things about this album that I kind of realized at this point was that even when I'm not like really loving a song, something is going to come in, like the bass does here, yeah. and just like elevates the song. Yeah, I know what you mean completely. There's always something going on or something about, you know, to, that will come along to yeah. draw you back into the album. Absolutely. And I think that's why it works as an album I, yeah, very well. I think he, he has a great understanding of how to take an idea and yeah. like do something with it yeah. where it's always elevating it. Definitely. And you know, that's like some, some things we said in like the, the, the uh, JSOM review again or the Baffle Ashes review. Yeah. It's like those last tracks were like just so boring, basically. Okay. Nothing happened. Yeah. Like he is the kind of guy who would take those tracks and make something much better out of them at some point in the song. Like sure. he would just figure out what it needs to elevate it sure. where they couldn't, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Not <laughs> at least for me. No there, offense, ladies. There were a couple of tracks, like I think seven and nine, that are kind of like sounded like experiments in electronic music but they, they're really nice and they make nice I mean, tra- that's, transitions that's, that's what I mean the yeah, like, they're not filler or anything like yeah, that yeah I, I agree with that yeah and uh, like track 9 I really like the main keyboard lines yeah yeah, yeah it's that's such true. a dramatic song it's a very short song of course but yeah so much drama in those couple of minutes that I, I was really impressed and um, yeah the next couple of songs like I said remind me of Elliot Smith in my I really like the song called Sugar, actually. Is that track 10? Yeah, that's, track 9 is Sugar. That's the one oh, I really so, like, yeah. the keyboard lines. That's right. And, and there's like some harpsichord and violin sounding effects. I kind of, well, I, I, I thought. There's a lot of keyboards going on there, but I think the main keyboard lines are amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a dramatic song. But um, Crime, I really like the chord changes. I really love that song. And I think, the last track, Sugar House, which is live. Oh, the live one. That's good. Yeah. I wish it had been done in his studio. Well, his bedroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his vocals aren't as strong as the rest of the album. Ah, uh, okay. But musically, it's amazing. It's, the saxophone, really nice. everything. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. There's the, the chorus in that song, I just wrote down the lines here. Yeah. It's quite, it kind of stood out for me. I won't be forgotten. Let him bury... Let them bury me in the sand. When our children go digging for answers, I hope they can put me together again. I thought that was That's quite nice. Quite a nice yeah. lyrical part there. But yeah, what a great album, eh? It's been a bit of a revelation <laughs> for me because it, yeah. it's obviously I I did like that Baffle Lashes album quite a lot, and but I I feel like it's been a pretty slow year 
in general, I mean, obviously stuff beef preceding the podcast. There, there's yeah. there's outlay. I love the Bonnie Vera album and everything, but oh yeah, oh yes, yes. I still feel like overall it's been a pretty slow year, and it's just nice that in September something completely unexpected could yeah. come along and and just make me feel like you know, like the amount of music we listened to this week for this best of like 60 to 64 list was kind of killing me to be honest yeah i probably listened to like somewhere between 50 well probably over 50 albums not necessarily every track but i i don't know if i've listened to so much music in one week in my entire life before overbearing isn't it and (laughs) just to have something come along and just be such a breath of fresh air something so like almost majestic in a way just Mm -hmm. For me, the best album we've reviewed on Midnight Waves so far. I might have to agree. I can't think of anything. I mean, obviously, I'd like the Tour album, but I mean, the, the Jason one, I know Bat for Ashes, but I guess, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing you're going to give this a high score. Well. <laughs> but not a five, right? It's not a perfect It's album. not perfect. I mean, I'm still, yeah. It's still but, just like but I... I mean, do you have a best and worst? I mean, well, yeah, we said kind of right. I like guess Walk Away is basic, Hope, yeah. But Walk Away is the that that that's least pretty favorite. much. It. I mean, I think Gretel is probably my favorite, but taking yeah. is is pretty close there too. Yeah, yeah, definitely Gretel and Hope for me. Yeah, I I love Hope as well. Worst I is kind of Walk Away by default. Yeah, just because it it requires the most work. Yep. <laughs> as a listener. Yeah, that's right. It's not immediate, is it? No. So. So, so yeah. ratings I, out of five. I guess I go with a. Based on what I've been saying before, I can't, I can't give it a four. I have to give it a four point five. I'm going four point five too. Yeah, because it's better than a four, <laughs> obviously. So I'm, and it's I'm, not perfect. So. Yeah. So that was Sandy Alex G with what was the album called? House of Sugar. House of Sugar, and. Uh, it, it is available on CD and you can still buy vinyl, I think, from uh, his yeah. website. Yeah, his website. Got it, yeah. Cannot buy the very beautiful sparkly purple vinyl anymore, but you can get the regular ass black ah, one. Ah, shucks. <laughs> but yeah, pick it up. That. Pick <laughs> it up. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. So, on to the next one. Indeed. So DJ Khaled saying another one. And another one. Honey, there. One bad actor. Nice. From their new EP, which is titled uh, "Morning in America." Morning in America, as in "Good morning." Good morning in America. Yes. Playing on words. Ah. <coughs> hmm? oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I found <laughs> this album, this EP, I guess, is actually kind of an extension of the 
previous album was released last year or like an add-on to the last okay ex- extra stuff from last year's album which was called uh bugger no not all bugger um <laughs> just a second <laughs> digital garbage yeah digital garbage it's got the same font i, I do the same font I that do not name. have added apparently yeah. <laughs> oh you're right mm. the same shitty cover <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, you know, again, much like when we listened to uh, who was the Pixies. Okay. Much like when we listened to the Pixies, I kind of grew up listening to Mud Honey, and you did not. Yeah. So somehow, even though I was heavily, so really into that whole Seattle scene in the early nineties. I mean, what do you think? Late eighties, actually. Yeah. You know, Soundgarden particularly started off with them. Yeah, well, I think the Melvins started the whole thing off, but the who? The Mel. Oh oh, <laughs> the Melvins. Who are the Melvins? The the most famous gra- Godfathers of grunge. I thought they were Green Green River. Long before them. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, we'll talk about that I later. I it'd be Led Zeppelin. No. Uh, <laughs> well, kind of. Yeah, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. The roots, I guess. But. Okay. Anywho. Yes. What are your What are your impressions of this Mud Honey EP? Yeah. Um, pretty good, really. I mean, it's, uh, I was. I mean, it's kind of had this kind of garage rock or sort of punk kind of sound to it. A lot of the lyrics are about well, commentary on American society, um, which is you know fine, I guess, um, if you're in, into that. Uh, and. Uh, Interestingly, one track is actually a cover of a Swedish gar- uh, Swedish garage rock group. That's right. Called Lada Nunnun, which is the 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 leather nun. The leather nun. And the song is called Insam I Nat. Yes. I forgot what that means now. Oh, don't look that up. And I listened to the original song; it's pretty good. But Mudhoney covered it, made it much better. Yeah, and much I, more I, listenable. I, I I also yeah listened to the original. Um, I I sleep alone. I think. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. And so me not. Yeah, I sleep I alone. Think, I think. <laughs> Good old Swedish. Yeah, that, that original song is terrible. So yeah, well done, Definitely. Mud Honey. For oh yeah, figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm, it it for me it's kind of weird to hear Mud Mud Honey go like political. Excuse your phone drop. <laughs> it's kind of, to go political like these very blunt critiques of social media and politics mm-hmm. and American society it's it's all right i I think for me it's like you know mud honey was so raw and so like aggressive and angry when I was a kid yeah. and, and like the super fuzz big muff album when did that come out like nineteen eighty eight eighty eight right that's when they formed didn't they? and and like touch me i'm sick and hate the police like the <laughs> sounds political to me <laughs> i would hate the police was a cover of a dick song dicks were a, a, another punk band that'd be the dicks American, or just dicks the dicks i guess but <laughs> but the original song does say dicks hate police men that's yeah. true and they changed it to mud honey hate oh, okay. policemen yeah that's true i see the dicks were pretty good if you are so inclined in any sort of like punk, but um, 
Yeah, I know. Even when Matani was sort of dabbling with like the potential to be like a success in the early '90s with the piece of cake album, "Suck You Dry" was played on MTV a bit. It was still like so raw and angry. I mean, Mark Arm, the singer from Mudhoney, oh, yeah. is actually the person credited with accidentally creating the term grunge. Oh, that's, I, I read that, yeah. 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 Which apparently he regretted yeah. immensely later. It's not a nice word. Uh, well, it just sucks to be constantly lumping bands. I mean, you know. Yeah. Lumping bands as one the, sort of category. To me, it's of music. like if there's a grunge band, it, it is Mudhoney. Not Nirvana. Well, Nirvana are way closer to it than Pearl Jammer. Oh, <laughs> Let's that's say fair. that. I, I agree. And I think the fact that like Kurt Cobain hated Pearl Jam, uh, really yeah. musically, he didn't hate them as people. Of course, he hated their music. I think that kind of it's like the perfect example why just going oh yeah these bands are from the same place at the same time, so they're all this yeah, music yeah, yeah. just doesn't work. They're all, they're all different. Pearl Jam were just yeah. basically a 70s rock band. That's right. Basically. And Soundgarden were like Black Sabbath. Or basically. Zeppelin. Or and, and like Alice in Chains was basically a metal band. There you go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So the, like I, like probably the Melvins that I mentioned are Mudhoney or and Nirvana are probably the most commercial version of that. Okay. Yeah. But it's, you know. I mean, Mark Arm and Kurt Cobain even kind of looked like each other when Mark Arm was young. <laughs> so, Long lost brother, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like that kind of thing. Sure. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was fine. I just can't imagine listening to it anymore. And to be honest, that cover, that Ensam E Nut. Yeah. Is probably my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. So the last track and. Uh, what's it called? I mean, I, I kind of like the title track too, Morning in America. I like the guitar on that. Like, yeah, the guitar was cool. Um, but yeah, it's not something I'd buy. But I say if I had the uh, the album um, that they recorded it for, I might actually mm. get it. If it was a fair price, I'd probably get it. I mean, that, that's, get to be together. honest, I'll be honest, that's something I was not aware of and I have not listened to that album. Yeah. And Definitely worth checking that out before this one. If I yeah. really like that, then I'd probably want this too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're about, I saw this band live in like 1995. So in in, in England, yeah, yeah, Manchester. Oh yeah, and um, they they they're a band that will always kind of be in my heart. In what were they like live compared to? They were just this, it was just this raucous a lot of like, energy and like yeah. I mean. The, <laughs> <laughs> One of the funniest things about Mudhoney is that when they they, they were banned for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then um, th- their whole thing was that they were a band that couldn't play. They're not very good musicians, you mean? Yeah, like like they didn't practice or anything. I so just went on they, stage they would just they just go on stage and just be complete trash. And then the um, Jesus with the guitarist what was what's his name? I wrote that down. I just uh, Steve Turner, Steve um, Turner, right? uh, Steve the, Turner, yeah, yeah, yep. I don't know if he's still in Mudhoney now, but anyway, I think he, he was. Is, yeah. 
Steve what, Turner. What the, the original bassist left, but they got another guy okay. now. Okay. So Steve Turner told Mark Arm at one point that yeah. he kind of wanted to be in a real band <laughs> that actually practices and learns their songs. So that's I guess kind that of, that's, explains why they weren't that successful. Right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, they were previously, Mark Arm and Steve Turner were in Green River with okay, Jeff. Yeah. Ament, Ament. Yeah. I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, I assume Ament. Ament, yeah. Ament. A M E N T. And Stone Gossard from oh, that's uh, right. from Pearl Jam, yeah. and also Mother Love Bone. Yeah, they, they're really in Green, which is actually they they're, must have they're been so young then. Yeah, and their their albums, their two albums, or their EP and their album. Rehab Doll and uh, the other one were <laughs> re-released this year <laughs> by Sub Pop in like deluxe versions. Oh, really? They're actually, if you're into that, I mean, that to me is like, that's what grunge was supposed to be. And that was like the real Seattle scene. Yeah. If you're into that sound, those albums are actually really solid. Right. Well worth a listen. It's just, I, I think it's difficult to be this kind of band where you don't really advance Sure, and you get old, and maybe you you try to. Because they care didn't really have a, a sort of like a real high point, did they? As a like commercially, well, yeah. I mean, I think the piece of cake album was probably that their, was their, mo- best, their right? biggest commercial success. It's not their best album, yeah. But, okay, but it was certainly their most commercially successful. It's not like they're suddenly going to release like an incredible, like amazing hit album. But it still kind of feels like they're basically trying to do the same thing, except now they're all like sixty. <laughs> <laughs> they must be in their 50s right at least mid 50s these guys right now easily because we were like early teens back then or around I mean, 10 or whatever easily 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 yeah. I mean Steve Turner is, is 54 there you go I must know actually yeah they would be because the Pearl Jam guys they'd be like in the early 50s Mark Arm was 57 so these I guys are all like bordering on 60 yeah, now yeah. Yeah. like it's difficult to be like an angry like punk rocker yeah when you're nearly 60 yeah oh, right sure and what are you gonna what are you gonna talk about what are you yeah. gonna sing about right i mean you, you either change your style or you just fade out just it's like burn, neil burn young out. said burn out. it's better yeah. to burn out than fade away there you go should have burned out guys <laughs> should have just done like trashed a bar or uh, driven a car off a cliff or something. I mean, like Cobain at 27 is already writing completely different songs than when he killed himself than what they actually released. Uh, I think if he was still alive now, his music would be nothing like Nirvana. Yeah, because he was already fearing that. Yeah. If you if you hear any of those unreleased songs that he that he did, they're completely different than Nirvana's mm, okay. albums. In a good way or bad way? In a good way. In a good I way. Think, yeah. 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 I mean, but depends. not the same. The, yeah. the, I mean, in a, in the same way, I guess they're not better or worse. They're just different. Sure. But that's, I mean, Pearl Jam went in a different way, but the worst way. <laughs> that just, in the way they went backwards. Set, set out. Yeah. Just a set out. <laughs> they just. I don't even know if it's a sellout. It's not like they're doing like Beyonce songs or anything, but it's not. They just off, went like, me, like so like so like. It's like, hey, commercial. we have three guitars, but we're playing like songs with three chords. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't mind. Like, that. we're a fake punk band. I think they got an album coming out either this year or next year. Actually. I definitely don't think it's this year. I don't think it's. I don't they think they, they, they released a t shirt this year. <laughs> oh, that's the thing for the year, yeah. a t shirt. Yeah. And this is the live one. The live single it's one. I don't one. want it. I had that one. It's the, the best t shirt. It's the best t shirt ever. I had that one in 91. Yeah, I, I had, I had the same one. 
But yeah, so should we um, give it a score? Yeah, I'm giving this a 2.5. Giving it a 3. Yeah. yeah. It's not... Yeah, yeah. Didn't hate, wasn't great. <laughs> that, that, enough said. <laughs> didn't hate, wasn't great. <laughs> All right, so... You listen to anything else this week? Uh, not really. Nothing that really, I don't know, is worth talking about. <laughs> How about you? Um, I guess I, I listened to uh, JPEG Mafia. JPEG? JPEG Mafia. Oh, J- oh JPEG Mafia. No. Um, rap artist? Yes. Yeah. And that is definitely worth talking about. I wish I had one Was Illuminati niggas waiting on the peg like I'm dropping Yandy. Too black, too strong. I'm a little thotty. Yeah. Fuck a big speech. Cause when I'm rolling, I'm pressing a pop. And if you're sending the Mario's to defend me, right. you better make sure to break all the Grammys, kill all the winners, losers, nominees. Off probation, crackers, hating, accusations. Only on occasions. I don't want relations. Had somebody phases. Strip home invasion. Fuck with me, man. Y'all better miss me. Cause if you're rolling, I'm stoning niggas like Rich Keith. And when I'm whipping you niggas, it's not slave. I'm on a mission to slaughter the competition. Slump on the down, bitch. Huh. How we gonna make this bullshit work? So, that's JPEG, JPEG Mafia. Yeah. The Keenan versus Kel, if you ever watched that show when you were a kid, like I did. Um, I, I was, I don't know, I, I didn't really know much about this guy, despite loving hip hop. I guess his name kind of put me off. But, <laughs> JPEG Mafia. Yeah. The, the the great reviews really sort of made me think I should at least check it out and uh, yeah, like production wise it's mm-hmm. just magnificent yeah production is incredible um, a lot of singing on it he's not a great singer but he's not bad when he does like really go off rapping he's great I I, I think that the worst thing about this album is that he's completely independent and there's no way of owning it oh i see Without you can't you can't pay, there's no physical, physical like the, he had a he had the the um the vinyl that's already sold out yeah there's no cds i don't know if there ever will be somebody signed this man, this man. <laughs> apparently his previous album um veteran is possibly even better from what i was reading on the the hip-hop reddit site uh, everyone was was loving it and yeah. also loving his previous. So um, yeah, I mean, he was literally a veteran in the U.S. military, stationed in Japan, and started making music while he was on the base. I see, right? He, and how, uh, how old is this guy? He's not that old, but he okay. was a soldier. I mean, I see, I see. They, as long as you've been in the military, you're a veteran. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, not like he wasn't in World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> How old is this guy? <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, it, okay. I, I was really, I was blown away by the level of production. Like, it, mm. it is, you, you can't really tell by that song. I just want to play a bit of him rapping, but just, like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good producers nowadays making music for pretty substandard rappers, but his stuff is, like, next level, just out of, out of your mind level production mm-hmm. he's gonna be a massive star i'm certain of it so Certainly if you check that out at then. all inclined 
Please check it out. Okay. And that what's that name? What's the name of the album? It's all my heroes are cornbread. Cornballs. Cornballs. All my heroes are cornballs. Yeah. <laughs> so he definitely has a sense of humor. Oh yeah. Sense of humor, but um, yeah. Very good. Anyway, I didn't. I mean, I I tried that Jenny. Val, I don't know how you pronounce her name album. H V A L Haval. Utter oh. shit, I thought. Um, <laughs> it's like she took the Stranger Things score and just wrote some songs over it. About, let's cash in on love. That, let's cash in on that eighties nostalgia, everyone. I think track three is literally the score from Stranger Things. Literally the intro music. And she just put some boring, like weak, girly vocals over the top of it. But fuck you, Jenny. Utter shit. For some reason on my phone, I had like, on Apple Music, I had like four of her albums, which I've never listened to any of them. So I deleted all of those this morning. Based on? Yes, based on this newest one. I listened to His Golden Messenger, two songs from that new album. Straight delete. Garbage. (laughs) Pure trash. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's hope next week brings us some better music. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll you know, keep our ears but open. But you know what did bring us some better music? What's that? 1960 to 1964. Oh, shit. Elliot. What, what an era. What an what era. What a time of music, musical creation and change. Uh, well, why don't we play something from there just yeah. to get us in the mood? What should we start with? Oh, the kinks. You really got me. Not on either of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As great as that song Great is. song. Didn't actually listen to the album because of you. <laughs> what? You kind of told well, me. Well, I listened, I listened to the first chat. I was like, yeah, this sounds like just something typical out of the 50s. Some like obvious Elvis or Chuck number. And I was like, I think it might be much better than that. I, I, I think it's a little more garagey. Kind of yeah. rougher, but that this song. I mean, that's like really it's great song. He- pretty heavy, isn't it? I mean, time? you know, before we get into these top tens yeah. again, with the caveat that obviously we we stupidly given ourselves a week to figure out these top tens, and th- there are albums on my list that I own. There are albums that I'd never even heard before and had to listen to several times this week. Yeah, to decide if right. if they make my top ten. Not I know the, albums that I kind of do really want on the list, but at the same time prefer listening to something else. Even though that particular yeah, album I mean, I'm also great. Those are great tracks on t- it. Today we're going to do some honorable mentions at the yeah. end because there are albums that I think are probably better yeah. than my top ten albums. Yeah, but yeah, it it's just simply like. If you ask me which album do you want to listen to right now, well, these are the 10 I'm going to choose. Yep, that's it. Pretty much. Yeah. And if, I mean, honestly, 
if I really thought about it, I could probably change it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you gave me that criterion. Yeah. But... Well, that's, that's music, isn't it? It's that's a very kind me. of... I mean, uh, the, it's a changing is, state, isn't it? The we just want feel. to celebrate music throughout the era. That's right. And why are we doing 60 to 64? Well... Because there weren't that many... Well, that many great albums of each particular year, maybe? Or not enough? Well, LPs. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, I said to you earlier this week, I could probably have done a top 20 and I could have, but it would have been somewhat redundant in mm. the end. Yeah. Ultimately, I made a top seven in the beginning, I yeah. guess. And in the end, that seven didn't change that much. Okay. And, and it was just sort of fitting other pieces into that. So I listened to a lot of music this week. But it didn't, not a lot of it really swayed me one way or the other. Some stuff did. Yeah. And and I listened to it as much as I could, to be honest, to, to be truthful to the list. But I guess, yeah, I was the same. Like I had, you know, say four or five albums I already knew and I knew that I liked. I wasn't sure where I was going to put them. Yeah. I had to, had, to, had to listen to a lot of new, well, in a sense, a lot of new stuff. Yeah. And, re, you know, reorder things. But anyway. Yeah. See so, what we got. Do you want, anyway. you want to um, present your first one? Okay. My number 10. Your number 10? My number 10. Let me just... Uh, <laughs> Shall I start? A little, little, little bit unprepared uh, there. But my number 10 is mm. Ray Charles's ah. Modern Sounds and Country and Western Music. Yeah. And uh, after the fact, volume one, because he... Did another one later. Oh, okay. I'm sticking with volume one. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so they both came out before 64? Oh, no, I, I, I don't think so, but they're, if 60, you buy it now, they're both on the same CD, 62 I think. is the, f the, the first part. The, of this is from 1962. Yeah. And um, for those who don't know, this was Ray Charles taking a bunch of country and folk and sort of wet, general Western-type music standards and reworking them into sort of like R&B and jazz mm. standard format. That was format. incredible at the time, right? I mean, it's quite a incredible thing to do. I mean, it, Blending it's, sounds like that it, it's interesting because like the, <laughs> the social implications of this album are kind ah, of amazing. Sure, sure. Like, which I, I was not expecting. I wasn't even thinking about that at first. Yeah. But, you know, it, they, they, they said that like... The, the integration of soul and country challenged racial barriers in popular ah, music. Sure. The height of the civil rights me movement. Yep. Charles became one of the first black musicians to exercise complete artistic control over his own recording ah, career. Right. He got he got a, a paid a fortune as well for that deal, didn't he? And I, I read. Yeah. Very good record. In there. retrospect. It's now considered by critics as his best studio record yeah. and a landmark recording in American music. Right. I mean, people like Willie Nelson, Buck Owens said this album had had a major influence. Nelson said that this album did more for country music than any other artist has ever done. Including country artists. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's quite a, quite a statement. <laughs> yeah. Wow, really? So, shall we? Uh, I, I I was back and forth okay. on this, but the more I listened to it, the more I did I listen to it. I listened to it once, and yeah. obviously, I mean, I really liked it, but 
I didn't. It's one of those things I need to. I think I need to listen to it a lot more. To I, I listened it out, about three times before I decided yeah. I'm going to put it on my list. But yeah, anyway, let's hear. Okay. Hear a little something from the something, the genius something. Ray Charles, <laughs> as right. he was known. He was called the genius. His nickname oh. was literally the genius. Wow. And That's... Frank Sinatra himself said Ray Charles is the only true genius in the history of music. But well, that's quite a... Quite a statement. Quite Apparently, Ray Charles disagreed, but... Well, I mean, he's going to be humble, isn't he? Quite a... Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm number one. That's me, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, let's listen to some Ray. for me because I read several lists of like the greatest vocalists ever yeah. greatest singers and he's like often like number one number two that kind of list of any genre right yeah and I, I always used to think that's kind of bizarre and but when I listen to these recordings it's like the the empathy <laughs> I feel in them I, I feel like it's somebody I knew I see. singing a song. Familiar. Somebody I never Friendly met voice. who I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it feels so authentic. And these yeah. are obviously often not his songs, but... Did he actually write anything? Yeah, I mean, he wrote tons himself? of songs. He did write but, songs. Yeah, but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I guess this was just to, to make a statement. Like, I'm yeah. going to take all these country songs and these folk songs and I'm going to just fix them. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna Charles them. Uh, I'm gonna make them better. Make them better. <laughs> and, Ray Charles that stuff. And he does. And and yeah, it was. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest because, like as we said, this this list is so interchangeable. There's so much stuff. This morning, this this album was not on my list. And as I was waiting for you to get here, I I just started thinking about it more, and I was looking at another album which was actually. I'll be honest, much, much higher on my list. I see. And I just started thinking like, well, if I was going to listen to this now or this now, which one would I choose? And if I was going to listen for like an entire week, yeah. which one would I choose? And I, I had to give Ray his due. This it's man tricky, is, is a genius. Yeah, I need, the, to, I need to give this a second. He also, this this year, listen. in I think 60, well, sometime between 60 and 64, he has an album where he just plays piano. Okay. He doesn't sing. Uh-oh. It's just oh. like a basic, like a jazz piano album. Music. Jazz album, okay. And it is amazing. Like, yeah. what a pianist. Yeah. What a talent. So, 
Hats wasn't it like? Ray. Wasn't he? Oh, you said that before. He was. He was called the genius. The genius. genius, and he yeah. was even by Frank Sinatra. Right? Sinatra said, "The only true genius." Oh, right, yeah, yeah. The That's only incredible. true genius. Yeah. In music, that's quite a statement and from somebody with the ego the size of Frank Sinatra. Doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's like Donald Trump telling you you're the best rich person ever. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Nice. Anywho, what's your number 10? My number 10 is Simon and Garfunkel's debut album, uh, Wednesday Morning, 3 a.m., which right. came out in 1964. As you know, it was initially a bit of a f- commercial flop, uh, perhaps because of the dominance of the British invasion at the time, the mm. Beatles. I mean, everyone, everyone was obsessed with the Beatles. Yeah. Along comes Simon and Garfunkel. Like, Who are these? You know, fairies or whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, get get on get into that in a minute. That was yeah. the reason, reason I said that. But um, the the song um, uh, initially titled "Sounds of Silence" did did draw some attention. And uh, after it. the album came out, you know, the album itself didn't wasn't that popular. And the song was remixed and overdubbed with electric instruments and drums. And that was actually released later on. Uh, oh, sorry, released as a single later in that year September of 1964 no yeah. no no I thought that was actually 1965 sorry I might have confused this a bit but okay anyway that did become quite popular and then yeah like th- I think oh, Simon Garfield did split up then because of this failure and Paul that's Simon that's right Paul Simon moved to England right and then he came back to Our the States after that was at a an Ivy League school in New York was he at Columbia he, Something like that, yeah. yeah, and continued studying. That's right. I mean, it, it was, it was. It's I obviously bizarre. I listened to this too, and it was weird because I have the sound of silence on a different Simon Garfunkel yeah. album. But that's called the sound, the, sorry, the sound, sound of silence. Of silence that, yes, yeah. yeah. That's this, right. This album, mm, this album is very nice, except for the first two songs. Yeah, that's right. The same for me. Like, it's a bit, I don't know what you call it, just. Sort of very average it's a, a, lot of, a lot of very bible bashing jesus stuff which yeah. surprised me a bit i but mean the album's mostly a, a combination of folk covers and some i guess half or so original songs listening to like dave van ronk apparently like that that sort of like christian song stuff was like very common then i guess yeah but yeah yeah. that's right you, you found something out about that right well, the uh, the Greenwich so, uh, Greenwich Village scene, Greenwich Village scene, the folk scene. So I, I read an interview with Dave Van Runk <laughs> where he said that the sounds of silence was such a joke amongst other folk musicians that you only had to say the words "Hello, darkness, my old friend" to get the entire room rolling with laughter, <laughs> like these like fucking loser song yeah. writers. It's so insane to think that yeah. that many people could be that wrong about one of the greatest songs ever written, <laughs> which right. is legitimately what it is. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Uh, like, to it, me, if I'm Dave Van Ronk, yeah. I'm not telling that story. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, I don't know. It's like if you, like in our generation going like, oh yeah, the first time I heard, sm- I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit, we were just laughing at this shit. Like, not really, eh? <laughs> Well, I never understood what what uh, Kurt Cobain was singing for the chorus, but it's a completely different thing, though. Yeah. Well, were you thinking it was the lamest song you'd ever heard? Of course not. Yeah. No. So. And that's it. I mean, like, obviously, that song is 
to hide that on the album. There's some other nice, some a few other real nice songs. Bleecker Street, I like. Actually, maybe we might put well, we're going to listen to a bit of Bleecker Sparrow, Street. Sparrow, he so. was my brother, and they cover a Bob Dylan's. I believe the they times do. They yes. are changing. Yes, the yeah. times they are changing. Quite, I quite mean, nice I, I think except take out the first two songs, yeah. this album could easily be on my I'm, top ten. I've always been a big fan of Paul Simon's voice and his finger. St- his guitar. I mean, I love his guitar playing. <laughs> If you were a listener to our previous podcast, when we did our top 10 guitarists, I actually put Paul Simon in my honorable mentions because oh. I think Paul Simon is an unbelievably underrated guitarist. Yeah. Is he underrated? Or just... He doesn't, I, get, he doesn't appear on the list, does he? Any list? You're probably not going to find many no. top 10 lists with Tom Simon. But Tom Simon. <laughs> top 10 lists with Tom Paul Garfunkel. Simon on them. No, our Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And, so. and the thing is... I, 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 if you're a guitarist, <clears throat> yeah, I, I challenge you to to just learn I, to play his music. I used to try playing music. some of the stuff. I couldn't at all. I mean, it's I, hopeless. I can play it, but sure you to me, it's yeah. like as much yeah. as like I love like a guitarist like Andy Timmons or like you know Eric uh, Johnson. Johnson. Their stuff is actually easier to play than Paul Simon's for me. Right. It's like his, his, it's just so complicated, and he's singing at the same time. Oh, that's, that's it's cool. same way with like James, someone like James Taylor is sure. like unbelievably proficient at the guitar, yeah, while singing. And you, you wouldn't even think it unless you try to play it, yeah. And anyway, yeah, so I we, mean, for me, if, yeah. the, if the first two songs were not on this album, it would probably be on my top 10 as well. Absolutely, I mean, I love Simon Garfunkel. I still wouldn't mind owning this album now. I never. I'll be I, honest, I don't own it. I, I don't, don't own it either. Probably because I, I might the now. Sound is on another album. <laughs> well, that's the thing. But this next yeah. song we're going to listen to. Yeah. I think this might be worth the purchase. Yeah. This is uh, Simon Garfunkel, Bleecker Street. Fox rolling in. Like a shroud, it covers Baker Street, fills the alleys where men sleep, hides the shepherd from the sheep. Voices leaking from a sad cafe. Smiling faces try to understand. I saw a shadow. Um, Simon, Simon, just Simon, Simon and Garfunkel with there. that Garfunkel guy. Yeah, Bleecker no, Street. No, what a I'm, Garfunkel. Does he sing that much on that song or that album? I did. I guess it's the kind of. The harmonies blend together, but I guess so. I didn't really think about it. Doesn't to be stand honest, out but much, but obviously I'm both not going to take away our girlfriend. No, 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 he's great talent, of course. Not sure if he wrote much voice. of the stuff, but uh, probably not. Yeah. But beautiful voice. Oh yeah. Anywho, mm-hmm. number nine, my number nine, yeah, is John Coltrane's Giant Steps. Ah, yes, the, John Coltrane, uh, released in 1960. Okay. Highly influential album in jazz circles. Musicians to this day continue to use the Coltrane changes. What? And what the, does that mean? 
Well, oh, sorry. The, the way he changes the music. <laughs> be a very technical explanation. No, no, if that's yeah, what you want. Forget about it. Uh, and so, so, and some the, jazz the, the giant steps, chord progressions. I mean, the, the way. The, yeah, it, it would be a very technical explanation that would probably bore people to death. So <laughs> I'll let you look that up. But okay. it, it is the the influence, the scope of the influence of this album is immense. On. On. So I put another Coltrane album in mind, so maybe I should listen to this one more. Well, I'm going to put my my favorite John okay. Coltrane composition here. I see. And uh, well, let's, have let's a listen. listen to some of that. Yeah. Train with Naima, which is uh, one of my favorite pieces of music of any genre wow. ever recorded, ever, and that's that's ever ever uh, ever 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 Outcast. Outcast oh, okay. Miss Jackson. ever 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 <laughs> I mean, that's been using other things since then as well. Probably. Anyway, that's awesome. But, that's um, beautiful. Yeah, really nice. It, it's lovely, and so and the whole smooth. album is am, is amazing. I mean, it's so melodic and beautiful, yeah. and, and just. But Naim is just uh, for me the centerpiece, and I, I, if I could play, I used to play saxophone as a kid. Really? Yeah, for a okay. couple of years, and I, oh, yeah. I just my teacher never gave me like anything I wanted to play, so I just like angrily like gave it up and uh, called her a fuck or something like just like fuck you you fuck like well, nice i'm wasting my time <laughs> very, very nice. i just sort of tossed the saxophone back at her but if i could play i, I did you know if i could what? play that level yeah, yeah. like i would be playing that shit wow all day long if you could you would right if i That's, could i uh, would i cannot alas alas yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the saxophone bit. Beautiful. What a beautiful. What a beautiful instrument, really. It is, really. And Anywho. Uh, Getting oh, to your number nine. Oh, my number nine, sure, yeah. <laughs> I was going to go off in a different direction there. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of Dave Van Ronk, we did mention him before. We did mention him I earlier. Got, uh, his uh, 1962 album, Folk Singer, in here. And I mean, a lot of people might not really know about this this uh, man. Uh, he was a um, Brooklyn, New York raised guitarist, singer, songwriter, and um, kind of inspired, even mentor, mentored, and promoted the careers of a number of singer songwriters 
who kind of came up in the blues tradition. Uh, mo- most notably, uh, obviously, Bob Dylan, and um, who uh, Van Runk got to know shortly after Dylan moved to New York in 1961 to, you know, tr- to try and uh, pursue a life and career in folk and blues music. And um, as the blues and folk boom, boom, you know, occurred in the early 60s, Van Ronk became part of like a circle of musicians who lived in the Greenwich Village, right? Yes. The, the village, they called it. Uh, including, obviously, Dylan, uh, Tom Paxton, Joni, and Joni Mitchell. And two of his main influences were a, uh, Bing, sorry, Bing Crosby and Louis Armstrong. Really? Well, I didn't really get that myself from listening. Didn't to get it, that but either. <laughs> but I mean, this is again one of those albums I haven't, you know, hadn't listened to in full. I'd only heard a few of the songs, uh, Long John, Hang Me, Oh Hang Me, yeah. and Poor Lazarus. I'd, I'd actually well, heard this album years ago because of Inside Lou and Davis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Which yeah. was uh, the Lou and Davis characters, at least partly based on Dave Van yeah, Runk. Yeah, yeah. The end of that movie, <clears throat> you can see him like, like uh, sadly looking at Bob Dylan, <laughs> right? Taking the fame that he was probably owed. Yeah, I yeah, I, I I listened to this too. I really liked it. It didn't make my list, but I really did like it. Absolutely, I I would definitely consider pursuing Dave Van Ronk further. I I mean I listened to it before, and it was sort of like a. Because it was linked to a movie, it was sort of like an artifact. Yeah. But to just yeah. listen to his music, it's like this guy's great voice. Yeah. I, I like his. Very nice I like guitar. the rawness of his voice. Yes. Yes. Like he was not under any pretense of being like a pop star. That's, that's right. for sure. Very, uh, very natural, isn't he? Very yeah. kind of. Uh, I guess what's the word? Um. It was, yeah, it was, it was certainly raw nice. and. Raw, uh, yes, and. Uh, in a very so un, under under what's the word understated what, understated words are not coming out of my mouth today understated way you know not just like listen to my folk <laughs> obviously nothing yeah. like that very nice um let's gonna say something else uh yeah and obviously he reworked um well obviously he reworked some folk classics and that kind of established him as a kind of a, a sort of a key figure in that folk, folk what well, the American folk revival as they called it and uh, yeah yeah I love his finger picking guitar work yeah I mean as really well. nice guitar work yeah. really good voice great interpretations of songs definitely if you haven't heard of him try listening to Hang Me Oh Hang Me which is like a really really old song right I mean we tried the, to find out about the, it that, that ago, song is featured in Inside Lewin right. Davis so, and, and Oscar really, Isaac does a great version of it too really to interesting be like history and like interpretations of where that song came from yeah. obviously to do with the Hang great me. song yeah it's very, nice. very, I, very I, nice I don't think I've ever heard a bad version of uh, that song but the actor uh, what's his name Oscar it? Isaac did he he did he that did song. A, a version of it yeah it's yeah. beautiful great actually yeah. Anywho, yeah. what are we going to listen to? Maybe that one. Let's listen to that. All right. Hang me, oh, hang me. I'll be dead and gone. Hang me, oh, hang me. I'll be dead and gone. Wouldn't mind the hanging 
laying in the grave so long, poor boy. I've been all around this world. I've been all around. So Dave Van Runk there, hang me, oh hang me. There we go. And yeah, what a, a really, really great album. Actually, when we when we played that, when we were recording that, we lost track of how long it was playing for and just got swept away I almost away played the, the moment, entire song <laughs> and that's I think that's the kind of effect that I had to go back it, it, it's yeah, such a comfortable beautiful. thing yeah so soothing yeah. even mean, though it's about being hung yes well let's ignore that part yeah so right anyway, my number eight <laughs> my number eight is Donald Byrd's A New Perspective which was oh, released yeah. in 1964 I'm not familiar with this, yeah. Uh, Donald Byrd is a trumpeter, also okay. sort of like a band leader, sort yeah. of an, an arranger. I see. Um, you may have heard one of his later songs on GTA 5, <laughs> which is from my, my favorite Donald Byrd album. Um, I will mention that to you later if you want. Yeah. But this is A New Perspective, released in 1964. The It's kind of a, a concept album idea of making a spiritual album i guess donald like a lot of black artists came up from the south a lot of christianity a lot of gospel music a lot right. of spiritual stuff but this album is just packed with great musicians we got herbie hancock oh i know that uh, I, that excuse me him <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that didn't sound good. We got Herbie good. Hancock. We've, we've got um, Kenny Burrell, the guitarist. Yeah. Just absolutely amazing music. And I'm going to pop on a little bit of the first track now. musicians yes yeah, sounds like a <laughs> with whole a, orchestra there. with the song elijah the, the, the whole album is great i mean it's mm. you know wherever it comes from it, it is just it the, the musicians you've got herbie hancock you've got um kenny burrell obviously donald himself playing trumpet 
just so many great musicians and I, I think Donald Byrd is such a like there's so many great albums that he has such like every album has such a strong concept or like sort of like a little reinvention of what jazz can be and uh, yeah very nice love him yeah so what are we up to then I think we're up to your number eight eight so I've got uh, another John Coltrane album nice uh, my favorite things very his, nice his uh, seventh I think seventh studio album uh, released in 1961 and this was the first one that actually had Coltrane playing the uh, uh, the soprano saxophone okay which was a gift from gift to him from Miles Davis that's interesting while they were in Paris yeah I think I've heard something like that before uh, <laughs> anyway it was definitely a gift from Miles Davis <laughs> And um, yeah, there's only like four, I think four tracks on it. One of them is um, obviously uh, from The Sound of Music, uh, my favorite things. Yeah. Uh, you know, the um, a rendition of the Rogers and Hammerstein song. And it's also got uh, Summertime on there. Uh, Summertime. Gershwin. Yeah. Gershwin. Yes. Yeah. Gershwin. Yeah. That's right. And um, yeah, obviously, just uh, what can you say? It's more fantastic smooth yeah abs- absolutely thing. and uh maybe not as good as uh, uh giant steps but um not for me i didn't i didn't really give it a chance yeah i, didn't, I mean i mean there was also song. like john coltrane ballads <laughs> during this era during oh, this period which okay. is amazing yeah 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 and if giant steps hadn't been such a key album i might have actually for my taste i might have actually put that on yeah yeah because yeah. that album is just hundred percent great to me Mm -hmm. but yeah well let's listen to a little bit of the old title track here yeah yeah? see how he takes that on Coltrane there, my favorite thing. Yep. Obviously, genius, genius level, genius. So, anyway, what number seven, next? my number seven is the Beatles. Please, please me. Ah, let's table that. Okay, come back to that one later. Come back to that in a bit. Sounds good. A bit later. Not well. Anyway, all right. Um, <laughs> so what's what's my, your number seven? My number seven is the I guess at that time folk singer. Uh, Joan Baez mm. uh, her self-titled I think debut album 1960 okay 
and uh, she uh, she's from New York actually, Staten Island, and became one of the leading Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Uh, female singer-songwriters in the folk revival of the early 60s. She had this amazing, I'm, I'm sure you've heard, this amazing yeah. soprano voice. And uh, the album itself is essentially a collection of folk ballads, blues, and I actually looked this up, L- Laments? Laments, I guess? Laments. Kind of like the sad songs. Mm. And uh, just, I mean, I haven't really listened to her much before. I came across it in a bunch of those, you know, great 60s albums list and I thought I'd give it a try and I I like I like the music from that time so you know her versions of songs like uh, John Riley, Henry Martin, House of the Rising Sun are, are just fantastic mm. her voice is a spellbinding really it, it's it's beautiful and right. um, yeah so um, well yeah. let's give her let's a give little, little listen uh, little, the old ear, ears the old poke <laughs> the old poke <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Silver Dagger, album, where, where she was, uh, when, sorry, when she was 19, I think, or mm. still, you know, basically Tight. in her teens. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Anywho. I missed something there. I was, I was concentrating on Never uh, something else. Not important. We'll pick that up later. So, <laughs> my number six. Yeah. What's your six? My number six is The Supremes. Oh! Where did our love go? I did not try that. Really? Did not. Wow, this we is... We should pop something released straight on. in... Sorry. No, I'm going to explain a little bit. Please do. So this is released <laughs> in 1964. Okay. The second studio album. The Supremes are the first act in history yeah. to have three number ones from a single album. What? And this album also remained in the Billboard chart for an unprecedented 89 weeks. Yeah, you're kidding me. Introduced the Motown sound to the masses. Wait a minute. The Supremes were apparently on par with the Beatles worldwide, popularity-wise, during their peak. Okay. And they're still the most successful vocal group in America with 12 number ones. This was a major, major act and a major release. Oopsie Daisy. And we're gonna <laughs> We're gonna listen to probably the most famous song from the album now. Okay. Let's have a go.
the baby love. This 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 glorious album. Just just I mean so many great songs. Obviously they're all kind of in the same mold. This this was The Motown sound. The Motown sound. I can't this, believe I didn't listen to this. I think I, I you know, I, I think I said before earlier a couple of episodes back that i kind of grew up hearing this because my mom yeah. loved this kind of music and sure. that's what i i grew up listening to for i i always like this stuff more than like the springsteen and dire straight stuff that my dad listened to okay, when i was yeah, a yeah. kid i get i get you I understand. and this this stuff actually stayed like where that that other stuff like i sort of like learned like oh yeah that that's good music <laughs> i should listen but to if it's it. something that you grew up listening to it's quite it's different isn't it it's, it's like stays within you forever really doesn't it i, I mean never leaves th- you. this was yeah whereas that was something i had to learn to understand was good this was always good to me yeah and it's never not being good i have and, I, can I absolutely love that song i yeah. can't believe i didn't listen to it or to consider the album it's a it's a great album I'm, yeah. I'm kind of as we go forward i'm kind of looking forward to seeing where the supremes and other motown acts go you know, uh, I see. I mean, this From was the six, beginning, basically. The, sure, the, this sure. was the beginning of making it a mainstream worldwide thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. And still, Classic like I said, stuff, eh? the most successful vocal group in history. 12 number ones three, there were in three, America. Three women, right? There were originally Who? four, and on their first Dino album. Ross. Who are the others? Don't know. Don't that's, ask me. That's okay. <laughs> so I'll look it up now. So you've got Florence Ballard okay. Mary, and Mary Wilson. So on their first album, there were four of them, and one okay. of them quit to start a family. Okay. And even though she sings on almost every song on the first album, she's not credited for any. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. So she got completely fucked. Wow. Yeah, I guess as was the time. Just completely screwed out of money and and royalties. Jeez, Diana Ross is seventy-five, by the way. Is she still alive? Well, I was going to actually say that. She's still alive, by the way. <laughs> but wow. yeah, a, she's still going, yeah. I mean, she must be an incredibly young at this point. She's obviously she sings was, like a little girl, but... She was born in 44, and that okay. was 64? This was... 62 or 64, wasn't it? So she was around 20 then. 64, yeah. Yeah, she was 20 years old. Okay. They were talented young age back then, weren't they? It's, it's amazing. You had to be. Because, oh, yeah. like, the basic, the only way to get picked up, and until bands started writing their own music, like, you had to just be incredibly impressive. Yeah. <laughs> right? As right, a singer, yeah, yeah. as a That's right. as a, a talent, or, like, some charisma or something, that like you had to have something. Sure. The old it factor. Yeah. And, uh, basically, the Beatles kind of fucked that up, I guess. <laughs> but, good for them. Sure. And then... American Idol and whatever garbage happened in England fucked it all back up again. <laughs> Guess it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what's it called? Uh, uh, f- X. The uh, X Factor. X Factor. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, as long as you look right and yeah. you have the right personality, there then we'll just give you a song I mean, to I sing. I get it. I get it. Yeah, you get, there's got to be a way to get the record com- company's attention, but it's all just image, isn't it? It's almost always an image. I mean, that's the thing. And a good voice. Yeah. And she's always been. And certainly in certainly. the... Not that long ago, you didn't even need the good voice. Oh, that's Britney true. Spears. <laughs> that's true, that's true. I still... My, one of my favorite memories of the MTV VMAs was when Chris Rock hosted. 
Yeah. And Britney Spears mimed her way through a performance. Yeah. And it went back to Chris Rock as the host. And he said, why even wear the microphone? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, why even pretend? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, I wonder how many artists actually do that, you know? Nowadays, probably I mean, not like many. Because it got like, um, what was that? Jessica Simpson's sister, Ashley Simpson. Like her entire career oh. was destroyed on Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's right. When they played her backing track at the wrong time and she couldn't hear it. And oh, she just like me. did a dance, <laughs> just walked off. <laughs> and that was it. Like basically from that point on, you like, oh yeah, you have to be able to sing. But if you yeah. remember in England, like Top of the Pops, all throughout childhood, nobody sang live. Nobody played live. That's right. Until All About Eve ruined that situation. Oh, yeah? Do you remember the group All About Eve? I knew the name. You're kind of like a golfy kind okay. of whatever. And they had the same Ashley Simpson situation where they played the backing track at the wrong time and the okay. girl couldn't hear it. And everyone was like, oh, nobody's playing But I thought everyone knew that top of the pops everyone knew it was obviously I think after that it became a thing where if you yeah. wanted to play live you could and I remember oh, reading an article okay. where Bon Jovi came in and did their song in like four minutes and just left and something like Kylie Minogue took like 45 tries to get her song right yeah <laughs> well that'd be like I should be so lucky probably <laughs> that era like they just came yeah. in like bing bing bang bang bong just did it just left <laughs> and it was like yeah i need like five hours to get this right oh jesus so. wow waste of time i mean living in japan you know one, one of the things i was a priest about japan was that they don't play the music live often on tv yeah but they always sing live yeah. even if they're terrible yeah that's true which is it? they usually are yeah they are so it's just this <laughs> out of tune like cats being like strangled with like a vice <laughs> like screeching noise on tv every night but at least you know it's real yeah <laughs> actually i think i prefer the uh, auto tune or like you know pre-recorded stuff mm. but anyway yeah that's anywho yeah. where were we i digress um, <laughs> moving on number so six. i think we're i that was my number six oh, okay so my number six is uh howling wolf Howlin' Wolf. I uh, didn't. I think I had, had him on my. Uh, you did. He was on my top ten from oh, last the week. The fifties. From the fifties, but this is his self-titled album, and it's, it's his second studio album, of Chicago blues, a collection of twelve singles, uh, originally released between nineteen sixty-nine and sixty-two. Yeah. And uh, the album's often known by the. I'm putting this off Wikipedia. I'm not. I'm not going to reword. I'm pulling it. all Sorry. my shit off Wikipedia. Don't all worry right. about. It. All right, but uh, <laughs> I haven't pulled everything off. But this one, I'm just reading it basically. Uh, the album is often called the Rocking Chair album. Oh, because uh, the cover. There you go. Yeah, yeah. and obviously it's a, you know it's a nice sort of rocking kind of uh, flo- sound. Yeah, Looks like a bit like a Van Gogh painting or something. Yes, yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, with the the chair and the guitar next that's to it, right? A little bit, right? Leaning up little against bit. it. You could yeah. imagine him painting that anyway. In the rocking chair, just like, hey, I'm a hound wolf. Yeah, this to my blues. And it's it's lovely, you know? Um, it's <laughs> nice. Uh, I mean, uh, some classics like Backdoor Man, Spoonful, I, you know, I really like. Um, mm. The Red Rooster is another classic, I guess. I mean, yeah. Uh, oh, all the tracks were composed by Willie Dixon. Uh, except... A few 
by Howling okay. Wolf. Literally a couple by Howling Wolf. That's interesting. Willie Dixon was really getting money for them. Ah. Or his well, descendants. I wonder. Eh? Yeah. Mm. Hey, speaking of Spoonful. Sure. Oh, which okay. is great, sir. Yeah. I think we should listen to a bit of Spoonful. Yeah. Let's oh, do right. it. I'm done. No, no, I can't, no, no. I can't remember yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my number five is oh. The Ronettes, with presenting oh. The Fabulous Ronettes featuring Veronica. Okay. 1964. Mm-hmm. I've uh, kind of loved The Ronettes ever since yeah. I was forced to watch Dirty Dancing with my cousin ah, as a small child. Okay. And uh, this was their first and only studio album. Yeah. Although they were a big part of the... Uh, Philip Spector Christmas album, which is the mm. greatest Christmas album of all time that I play mm. every Christmas. You do? And I force my kids to listen to every I Christmas. Need to, I, I need to <laughs> re-familiarize myself with it. Absolutely great. Yeah. And I, I think this album is is just, I mean, for start, let's go on the greatest songs of all time and Be My Baby, which obviously I'm going to play. That's a good song. Yeah. And and just the production, like the old Philip Spector wall of sound, legendary production technique. There's so much, the three-part harmonies. Ronnie Spector was a superstar and should have been like so much bigger. And Yeah. I, th- this album could have even been higher for me, but as it is, we're sitting here at number five. Great album it is. What a so, great! I need to read. I need to listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, unfortunately, my baby. if you want to buy that on CD now, it's about eight, like six hundred dollars because it's impossible to get. 
really it's there's unbelievably no, expensive no, you can like, get like a best of the ronettes with like okay. most of the songs on but if you want that album it's crazy it's like a collector's completely piece. wow interesting sadly so all right well i think we're up to number five I just did my number five, so yeah. That would make sense. All right, so my <laughs> number five is um, Miles Davis's Sketches of Spain. Oh. Uh, recorded between uh, uh, nev- well, the end of well, November 1959 and March 1960, so it just gets into... was released in 1960, right? Yeah. This is a, a third stream album. What's that? The third stream is kind of a combination, but somewhere between jazz and classical music. Ah, I see. It does not count as like jazz fusion, because there are strings. Kind of, yeah. It does not count as classical because it mm. involves no classical composers. That's very interesting. It was deemed third stream. Third stream. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. And it is indeed a great album based around Spanish folk songs. Yes. Was on my top 10 for a long time. And then this morning bumped I bumped it, it, off. it off. But bumped it off with still, the romance and Temptations. Legendary. Legendary. And Temptations not there. But Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, um, who was it? Ray Charles. But Ray Charles <laughs> bumped it off. But it is it is a legendary album. One the one the a great jazz album or third yeah uh, what I just third said. stream third stream album not jet stream orchestral jazz Something, I guess yeah and um, yeah it's great isn't it like the opening piece takes up half of the uh, the record and it's an arrangement um, by Evans and Davis of the Adagio movement of Concierto de Aranjuez not sure if I pronounced that right uh, concerto for guitar by the um, Spanish composer uh, jo- Joaquin Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Joaquin, Joaquin. Rodriguez. <laughs> Rodrigo. Oh, it? sorry, Rodrigo. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just an amazing, like you said, it's like an amazing combination of classical and jazz and you know traditional music. And I, I was it um, Ennio Morricone, right? I think used one that that theme part of that theme in uh i think it was uh, which uh, which movie was it it might have been any of the first three uh you know fistful of dollars bueno. one of those yeah, yeah. but it's some, some beautiful i i, beautiful I think music. because they're based around like established spanish folk songs sure that they they might have been some just overlapping Overlap, there yeah. but yeah but yeah very nice Absolutely lovely album. A bit difficult to find uh, a sample. I mean, so, the, um, that's, I'll be honest, <laughs> one of the reasons it dropped off my list. <laughs> I was listening through it like, well, play 40 seconds from this 40-minute track. How about we pop on part of the first sort of act or first track, so to speak? Sounds good to me. All right. Thank you. 
Ah, what a beautiful thing. Gorgeous. Yeah. So it was uh, Miles Davis there with Concerto de Aaron Wells. <laughs> I think. Is that it? <laughs> Aaron Wells. Something like that. Aran- anyway. Arandres. Arandres or something. Concerto yeah. de right, Aaron so Wells. what's your... <laughs> Number four. <laughs> yeah. My number four is Ed James's At Last. Okay. Which is another album I actually own. I understand. Released you. in you 1960. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was her debut album. That's all the information I have about it. <laughs> that's what you need. That's pretty well, much it. Okay. But, well, I mean, <laughs> what a, I, I think yeah. it's a great album. An incredible voice. There's a bunch of great standards and absolutely kills the title track which obviously i'm gonna play now right At last, that's my number four. God Very bless nice. you. That was some voice of an singing. angel. Yeah, yeah, you go. So, on to number four. Oh, your number four. Okay, I'm all messed up now. Okay, what's your number? I four? have the great, legendary, soulful Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke, the voice. Of an angel, okay, as well. <laughs> uh, even though he's a guy, um, but yeah, ain't that good news? His 1964 and album, and the final one he, well, the final album, his 13th apparently for his bizarre murder. <laughs> his bizarre, his bizarre murder. Yeah, yeah. I, I got that. I got that in here. Something about yeah. that. Anyway, um, yeah. So the thing is, a Sam Cooke, like, obviously he's great. You know, one of the most beautiful voices of all time, but like. A lot of the songs we love and know, on on you know on his best ofs or his collections, his greatest hits. Yeah. So, but I really wanted to find. I was literally looking for an album. He actually had you know a bunch of good songs on them, and this is about the only one I thought was worthy. There is another album uh, before this. Uh, just a minute, cool. I think he had like three albums in this time period. Nightbeat. Yeah, that's right. Nightbeat was like a collection of. I think a lot of songs that he didn't write, but he he wrote a lot of the songs on this album. Uh, a change is gonna come, obviously. Another Saturday night, good times, and the title track. Those are all songs he wrote himself. And a change is gonna come is just you know one of the most beautiful songs really ever written. Uh, I think uh, written and inspired by personal events in his life, but one particular event where 
him and his group were turned away from entering a whites-only motel in Louisiana. And this inspired him to write the song that communicated about the struggle of, I guess, you know, yeah, being African-American and the whole civil rights movement that was um, uh, you know, happening at the time. And that, that famous line, uh, it's been a long time coming, but I know a change is going to come. And it's very inspiring. So, yeah, you know, a nice album. A few songs that, eh, not, nothing special, I guess, but I think the best songs make it, well, for me, a worthy album, my top ten. Hmm. So. Well, let's listen to the best thing he ever did. Sure. song amazing song not a great album for me but i don't think sam had a great album that's what i'm saying so greatest hits i have a greatest hits compilation by him and it is wonderful what's it called again portrait or something it's fantastic i'm gonna guess the name right now it's got a blue cover on it anyway yeah that sounds about right so what's your number three my number three is the Black Saint and the Sinner Lady by Charles Mingus. What? No idea. 1963. No idea where that came from. Okay. Well, no, I mean... On my last list, on the 50s yeah. list, I put Mingus. I know, I know, I know. Um, I just haven't heard this. The album consists of a single composition, a continuous composition, partly written as a, as a ballet. Yeah. Divided into four tracks, six yeah. movements. It is often characterized by jazz and music critics as Mingus's, well, one of Mingus's two major masterworks. Obviously, the other one being Mingus Aum that I put on my 50s list. It's frequently ranked highly on lists of the greatest albums of all time, in which I absolutely concur. This is some elite musicianship, elite arrangements. Absolutely magnificent so playing. Coltrane, D- Davis levels. I for me, it's it's every bit or better than they have. Like wow. in general, generally speaking, I, I think Mingus is amazing. I mean, on my honorable mentions, there's more Mingus from this period. Like he was just just an absolute genius, and I I think his abs his love of classical music yeah. and and 
really informed the way he composed and the way he arranged jazz and mm-hmm. and he was a great pianist too but primarily a, a bass player but yeah. anyway i'm gonna pop a little bit of okay, something that's... from the album on now Jewel solo dances. Very cool. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just, I, I, I think it's one of the really all-time great albums. If I you think were, it's one, one of those things you got to listen to the whole thing. You can't I mean, just, the, the, the whole thing. Can't obviously, hear, okay. obviously, Alexa, yeah. A little part of it, but yeah, yeah. fantastic. All right. So we're into the, uh, we're into my top three now. Okay. So. Wait a minute, sorry, that, that was three for you. That was my number three. Oh, sorry, okay. So, yeah, that's right, I'm into my top three. So, the Beatles, get into the Beatles territory now. Okay. And uh, Please Please Me. Nice, okay, this was, was my seven, number seven, yes. Yeah. 1963, the Beatles' debut album. That's right. Amazingly recorded in one day, apparently uh, wow. 13 hours. And <laughs> eight original songs written that's by right. McCartney and Lynn. That's right. Yeah, so this was yeah. that really the start of the Beatles' You know, being a creative, you know, uh, well, what can you say really? I mean, it's just incredible stuff. I, I don't think on. there's anything you can do that you can right. say to truly do justice to. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Influence, not not that yeah. long ago, I probably would have like resented the idea of talking up the Beatles so much. Yeah, same here, same here. But kind the of listen to death, right? There, things I I never really did. It was just one of those things where. It's so obvious. Yeah. But like this sometimes there's a reason things are obvious. Yeah. And, and this is this is one of those this times. This is one of those reasons. It is it, it yeah. just it's incredible, honestly. And it's so many great songs here. Covers and original songs. That's right. That they they're singing as a both of McCartney and Lennon sing just amazing on this yeah. album. And there's such like a great rawness to it, but I think even now you can listen to it in, especially doing these lists, where we listen to so many different kinds of music from the era. Yeah. 
I've never had a better appreciation for how like insane this must have been the people just this At the time right yeah like just yeah. this completely different level of harmonies and, and melodies and this rawness like mm. I mean they're screaming on a lot of these songs but they're screaming very tunefully like, yeah 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 they, yeah, they yeah. always said like Kurt Cobain was like most influenced vocally by the Beatles Okay, and that he's as a teenager, he used to listen to the Beatles and then go fishing and just with his uncle and just scream. Yeah, and his uncle would ask him, "What are you doing?" And he said he was training his vocal cords because he wanted to sing like that. Oh, like, okay. Like twist and shout, kind of Lennon or. Oh, that's some great, yeah, like loud singing. Yeah, and, and I mean. to think like, well, you know, thirty years later. Like the level of influence that had on somebody that literally changed the world of music as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it went from like two guys changing music completely to 30 years later, one guy changing music completely based yeah. on what he what he'd learned listening to their music. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. It is. It is. And well, yeah, what a, what a great album. And well, there's a plenty of great songs here, but I think. This for the greatest, like the biggest band of all time, for their debut album, start their first ever song with this line. It's kind of amazing. One, two, three, five. Well, she was just seventeen. Did you know what I mean? And the way she looked was way beyond compare. Seventeen, she was. You know what I mean? Shoeduple. I guess. I guess that was the norm back then. Well, I mean, you know, in England, yeah, that's still a year into being legal, right? That's right. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I mean, what can we say? I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, about the Beatles, you, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just legendary, really. I mean, it's such a great album, and they really just I mean I guess we'll talk about the next album as well in a minute but they really just changed everything didn't I mean they? they changed the world yeah pop culture they were the first like group who were sort of worshipped I mean at well, one like, point I had four Beatles albums on this list yeah I did I did I had three yeah yeah yeah. and it was just sort of like through I mean I still probably could have three easily yeah it was just sort of like for the sake of mixing it up a bit oh yeah of course that I thought, well... We're not doing the top 10 Beatles albums. Mm. <laughs> or in a sense, like five of the best albums in the 60s are probably by the Beatles. Oh, you could probably argue. more than that. Okay, <laughs> well, there you go. I would you think know. they're older albums in the 60s, so... Yeah. You got you got so much there. And, and it's it's coming up like a big... A big, big, like, 
run for the next what three years two years like there's gonna yeah. be some yes serious yes, Beatles that's right. involvement that's right. in the next few albums I guess yeah but yeah what a great album it's, it's obviously like an album I've heard a lot I own yeah and I, I've listened to plenty but I actually felt I don't know for whatever reason it's actually getting better the I think I as we start it. listening more and pre- try to try to work out what's going on with the music and appreciate it, we I, I, maybe how so. Much, I, I, I feel like all of these albums are actually like Beatles albums were actually getting better. Yeah. As for for whatever reason, and that's that's not a thing I can say for many albums, but yeah, great Fantastic. album. Fantastic. Great. If you album. don't own any Beatles, well, say if you don't own this album or the album we're going to talk about soon, you. You should consider it, or at least consider listening to it. Like, you know, uh, I it, mean, you know, it's going you know. blind if you've never heard of the Beatles music. Like, you just have to give it a go. I think the it's best so thing would be to go in blind. And yeah, yeah. In, in, I, I think it's it would time, be. It's timeless, though, isn't it? Really. It's just, I think it is. I mean, sorry, eight. Yeah, ageless. Mm. It hasn't aged at all, really. The production. It sounds. It, yeah, I mean, it sounds perfectly vital. Yeah. I mean, there was, you know, Danny Boyle did that movie this year where called, I can't oh. remember what it's called, where some guy <laughs> wakes up and like, I, I haven't seen it because I'm not interested. But Are you this, selling it? <laughs> uh, this guy, this guy is like the only person on earth who remembers the Beatles. Oh, you mentioned that. It sounds yeah. And so terrible. he starts anyway. just presenting all these Beatles songs as he's like a musician uh-huh. And he starts presenting all these Beatles songs as his own music and becomes a massive star. I don't think that would happen. Right. I think the Beatles are great. I just don't think it works that way. Yeah. I think it's a, still a time and place. A product thing. of a, an era, If, right? like, yeah. Drake didn't exist anymore and you knew all his songs, that would work. <laughs> okay. Know? Like, now... I don't think... That, I, I don't think if you can't, like, please, please me now nobody's going to care yeah but when you listen to the whole thing as as a product and 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 some understanding of what it was and how it worked and everything it, it's amazing yeah but, for sure know, it's it's like you know if there was no neil young neil young is not going to be a megastar now because if he was fleet foxes would be a megastar now Ah, that's right. a really interesting point. Yeah, right. that's the way it works, isn't it? Music I mean, and time—it's it's all, it like, all about a time and a place. If a particular you're going to be era. a megastar now, then yeah. you you need the world to forget about Beyonce and Drake. Yeah. And things <laughs> will come with a, a particular flow of, of of musical ideas and yeah. genre and like uh, creativity. Like, right? I it mean, f- just... generally speaking, the most popular music is liked by people who don't understand why. So yeah. you have to appeal to the dumbest people. To be a successful person, that's that's just what it is. I guess it is really. I mean, the 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 thing that separated the sixties and seventies in every way from probably every other time was that people actually liked the best stuff, whether it was music or movies. Look at the seventies movies. Like, is The Godfather going to be a mega hit now? It's probably not. Yeah. Is Apocalypse now going to be? It's going to be like a superhero now? movie. Exactly. It's like, like so he's Iron Man CG. and Captain America in it. Well, sorry, no thanks. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the sad reality of now. 
Yeah. So I think that that the whole Danny Boyle thing is utter shit. But having said that, I still think these these albums are amazing. Yeah. And if you have any interest in actual music, you should definitely. And you haven't heard it for some reason. You you definitely should. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, big tension. No, no, not at all. So, so you got number two, right? Number two. And I think we got the same one. Okay, I think we do. Yeah. So. Should we say it together? <laughs> oh, what, on, on three, isn't it? Yeah, on three. What, artist first? Let's just say the name of the album. Oh, wait. I wish I didn't say that. No. I, wish, hey. I obviously know what it is, but... All right. Got to make sure, okay? You ready? Yeah. Okay, let's count down together. Yeah. Three, three two, two, one. one. The, the freewheeling Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Anyway. Obviously, by Dylan Bob. Oh, Bob Dylan. <laughs> Dylan Bob, yes. <laughs> Dylan, the Bobster. <laughs> Bobby Dildo is my phone. Oh, the Dildo. Autocorrected him. Dildo. <laughs> Bobby Dildo. How inappropriate would that be to insult this legend? Yes. Okay. Do you want to. <laughs> I mean, I. I... <laughs> I was hoping oh, you'd yeah. done some research on I've this. I've done quite a bit of stuff about <laughs> okay. this. Yeah, the, the album was released yeah. in, in 1963. Yeah. His so, second his album. His second album. Yeah. Iconic album cover. Yeah. The photo with his girlfriend then. Yeah. The Italian girl yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. name I forgot. Was she just 17? <laughs> Hopefully not any above. <laughs> Although in New York, that would also be legal. All right. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> so like there are 11, 11 tracks of original songs and uh, mostly a lot of it yeah was D Dylan writing original words to tra traditional melodies traditional sort of mm. folk songs right and a lot of the lyrics drew from the civil rights movement that spread all over the US mm. a lot of political themed music uh, songs and love songs and stuff and more surreal stuff too right it it's kind of weird, look yeah. like lyrically or, or like the way songs can actually affect feelings. Yeah, is like as much as we talk about how important the Beatles were. Like fundamentally, Dylan was probably the single most important person who ever made music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, as I mean, as yeah. far as like his cultural impact or the way yeah. he. Not just the effect he had socially or like socially mm -hmm. economically or politically, but the the impact he had on other musicians to actually start making music that's that right. meant yes. something. Yeah. That's <laughs> and right. not just like about your girlfriend or, right. or whatever. Like really real deep, meaningful music. And he was so young. Twenty two with this album. Twenty two on this album. Can you imagine that. So he's twenty one, I guess, on twenty when the first album came out. Yeah, and which it was is an honourable mention yeah, for me. It yeah. was on my top it's, ten at one point. Good. Yeah, same here. And yeah, I mean, he sounds <laughs> sounds so old. He sounds like such a wise old man, even on that first what album. Happened? What, I really wonder. I haven't read about it, but like, what sort of background did he have? I mean, he came from like a very sort family? of hill. No, no, I don't think so. Not at all. He came from like a very sort of hillbilly kind of. He, he was not like a. Yeah, you know, it's not like a racial no, slur. No, no, it's, it's, it's like that seems a funny word. Heel <laughs> yeah. biddy. I yeah. imagine like doing a little dance with a buck teeth <laughs> hanging out and stuff. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I might be talking out of turn here, but I mean, he was uh, he was born in in Duluth, Minnesota, Duluth, which is you know 
basically middle of America. Yeah. Very, uh, it's a population of 85,000 people. So it's not, it's not a particularly, uh, gigantic not place a, or anything. Big urban center. Yeah. yeah. He traveled to, uh, traveled to New York. Right, that's right. In the folk scene. That's right. Very young. Yeah, and yeah, I, I yeah. think that's that's one of the most romantic and like wonderful things about the era. The idea that as a, like a teenager, you could just get on a train or a bus and just go to a big city in America yeah. and just chase like fame and fortune in some way as an artist. Like that is like a version of the American dream that does not exist anymore. Yeah, I that's don't right. think. What are you gonna do? What? I don't, well, one thing I don't get, I mean, a lot of these artists would, Bob Dylan included, he, I mean, he uh, flew from, uh, I flew to, to London in 1962. Hmm. So that means he was 21. Hmm. How much would a ticket cost? I mean, surely it was expensive to fly back then. Yeah. Or was that, or was that when, like, flying was becoming more and more common and easy and cheaper? I, I don't imagine it was cheap. And then Pan Am started. Pan Am, the, right, yeah, yeah. The, uh, but he was there in London, and that's where he discovered a lot of the traditional English folk songs and melodies. And you know the song "Girl from North Country," mm. that was actually based on the melody of the British folk singer Martin Carthy's arrangement of Scarborough Fair. Really, I I, I found out. That's interesting. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, Masters I, I of War is influenced by yeah, a, sorry, really? a traditional English song too. Okay. So there's a lot of that. You that's know. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I read one thing with, I can't remember which girlfriend it was, but he had a girlfriend at one point, I think. Not Joan Byers. I don't think so. It might have been her, but she said that he just stayed in her house and just listened to her records all day and just was, was like basically more or less making notes about all these folk records, all these different yeah. melodies and singers and chord changes and everything. Like that's basically how he spent his time. Amazing. And that's how it came out to be who he was. But I mean, they say like Masters of War might be based on an old song, which I mean, Masters of War is literally two chords. So that's, yeah. it's kind of a strange to say it's like based on anything, but lyrically it's, like so superior to almost any song ever written it it's oh, yeah. incredible yeah and yeah well anyway i, I think we should toss okay. toss an example of bob on here i'm not going to go with the the more obvious songs i want sure. something a little blowing bit in more the wind, uh, yeah. yeah not yeah. not blowing in the wind right? not blowing in the wind if you don't know that song you should go hang well, yourself well. So, excuse me <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Let's not encourage suicide no, no, on the no, podcast. No. You, you should you should listen to you should listen to that po- that song, obviously. Of course. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think we will listen to track two, "Girl from the North Country." Oh, excellent. If you're traveling in the north country fire Where the winds hit heavy on the borderline Remember me to one who lives there 
She once was a true love man If you go in snowflake storm When the rivers freeze and summer ends Please see she has a coat so warm Keep her from the howling winds Please see if I hang Oh, one day when you're looking back Oh, that was, that was Ryan Adams, eh? <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oops uh. Sounds just like it <laughs> Great song all the same, Ryan, but you know Love you, bud, but maybe uh, might have might have borrowed that one a little bit. Oh yeah. Anyway, what a great album. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I mean, can you believe we're doing these lists, and and uh, <laughs> the times they are changing did not make either of our lists. Well, I did consider that, of course. Obviously, I did too. Yeah, but it's like that song. I don't think that's a, a great bonus. album, but it's yeah. just they all kind of sound the same. So. That's right. That's right. So, I, on the old honorable mentions list. Yeah. All right. Alrighty. So, so, that was both of our number twos. Yep. Which means both of our number ones uh, must be The Beatles. A oh. Hard Day's Night. <laughs> all right, mate. <laughs> Let's put a bit of that one. Obviously. It's been a hard day's night And I've been working like a dog It's been a hard day's night I should be sleeping like a log But when I get home to you I find the things that you do Will make me feel alright You know I work all day To get your money to buy a thing And it's worth it just to hear you Obviously, that was the Beatles. And next week, we will... I mean, obviously, as that brings us to the end of 1960 to 1964. Next week, we are going to take on just 1965. Yeah. All by itself. And, and almost certainly, you will hear the Beatles yeah. again. <laughs> They'll be back. Undoubtedly. At least twice, I yeah. suspect. Yeah. 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 They were some busy guys. So... Obviously, yeah, we had some. We had, like I said, Miles Davis was on my list until about fifteen minutes before we recorded, and then I I pulled him off. Thankfully, John put him on. I was, you know, I I feel like the most important thing is that these albums get mentioned. Yeah. So should we list off? I think we should knock out some honorable mentions, yeah. though. What have you got? Okay, let me. I mean, I'll just I'll just read read. Them. Sure. Yeah. Booker T and the MG's Green Onions, mm, 1962. That's nice, yeah. 
Uh, Giant Steps, John Coltrane, yep. who you mentioned. And also Ray Charles is on there. Cool. Uh, Roy Orbison Crying, 1962. Yeah. The Rolling Stones, 12 by 5. 12 by 5, 64. Yeah. Sam Cooke, Night Beat. I forgot which year. Elvis <laughs> Prissy, Elvis is back. I forget which year. Uh, <laughs> Etta James, obviously yeah. the one you covered. Chuck Berry, St. Louis to Liverpool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was 60 or 61, something like that. Mm, can't remember. And Night Train by the Oscar Peterson Trio. I think that was about the same. Well, you can look that up. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you care, come, then if have you a look. Yeah. I mean, you know, put some work in. Early 60s. Put some work in. Come on. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. um, what else have I got? Um, obviously, some of those you mentioned. Yeah. Or would also be honorable mentions for me. In addition, mm-hmm. I have uh, Frank Sinatra, Nice and Easy. Oh. Uh, Thelonious Monk's Monk's uh, Dream, yeah. which is great. James Brown, Live at the Apollo, which, okay. if I was more familiar with, might have been on my list, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan's The Times They Are Changing. Yeah. Bill Evans' Portrait in Jazz. Is amazing, but like my, my favorite song was on Miles Davis's kind uh, kind of blue album. So I see. Um, Charles Mingus's Mingus 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 Mingus. That is one head of a title, yeah. isn't it? I can't believe that. Kenny Burrell's Midnight Blue. Okay. Obviously, um, Sketches of Spain was on there. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm gonna throw out um, Francois R.D. Ooh. The French singer, French, French singer, whose album I believe is self-titled, but has become known as "Tous les garçons et les filles," which means for all the, the boys and girls. Boys? Oh, all the boys and girls. Okay. Not <laughs> yeah. four. Oh, yeah. All Two. the boys and girls. Okay. Uh, which is kind of amazing. And if I had more time to prepare for this, yeah, probably would have ended up on my top ten. Ah, okay. And apparently is not her best album, so I'm hoping to explore that further. Sure. So right. that well, brings us to yeah. the end of nineteen sixty and nineteen sixty four. There you go. Woo. That was uh That was a hell a of a week. Work. I lost a lot of sleep over that. <laughs> I went to bed at three thirty last night. Oh shit. Yeah. Oops. So you <laughs> you motherfuckers better appreciate this no well I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh it's great my, uh, my headphones on the mic again there. anyway ignore this disaster but <laughs> we will be back next week yes. with some sort of new reviews I don't know what's coming out yeah I think uh, we might want to look at that album we mentioned uh, at the start of the uh, episode just a sec the Alabama Sorry. Shake singer yes yes yes, uh, yes, yes. what's her name um, I've got it right here, just a minute. That's it's, nice. Um, <clears throat> Brittany Howard. Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to a couple of go. songs from that, so that might uh, be might be there. There might be something coming out. Well, well, well let's we'll, hope yeah, something, let's hope something is coming out. Perhaps not as good as, uh, you know, Sugar, a House of Sugar. Yes. <laughs> not Sugar House. The Sugar House. <laughs> Sandy Alex G. Yeah. Definitely, but you know, something will be there, right? Yeah, and if nothing is, at least we have the best albums. At least we have the past to keep us company, (laughs) you know. Our 10 best albums of 1965, yeah. 
Oh, by the way, if you have any suggestions, oh, sorry, of top albums that we, that we covered today or things we think we, we may be forgotten, please yeah, contact us. Absolutely. Yeah, if you agree with hear. our list, if you disagree with our list, we'd love if, to hear. If you think we have any glaring yeah, omissions, yeah, yeah. or if you just strongly disagree with anything passionately, then let us know. Sure. You can contact us directly at midnightwavespodcast at gmail.com. Yes. You can find us on Twitter. That's right. At midnightwavecj. And uh, you can always direct messages there. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, and the other one. Review. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten any. I only got one of those maybe so far. But uh, Only one so far. It would be yeah. nice if we had like seven or eight by next week. Yes. It was certainly would, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it would really for help us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, until then. Yeah. Have a good week. Have a good one. See you. Bye. Bye. Some kind of mistake. How can it be?